What's up, McConaughey's? Welcome to the Mastering McConaughey podcast, where we explore the filmography and philosophy of Matthew McConaughey. I'm your guest host, Johnny Phillips. And I'm your guest host, Mark Usher. Mark, welcome back to the show. Glad you came. What's up, Johnny? Well, man, I am so excited. Dude, I have been thinking all day about covering this. All right. 2001, third installment of Apocalypse Caught in the Eye of the Storm, starring Mr. T. Loving this shit. (laughs) What? (laughs) uh, Judgment. That's uh, what we watched, right? Yeah. No, I, I didn't know you had another movie review podcast. <laughs> you didn't invite me. You didn't invite me to the Mr. T episode on your podcast. Uh, Dude. Corny war movies or whatever. <laughs> Dude, are you kidding? This is part of the um, Left Behind series, man. This is like a spinoff of the Left Behind series. Mr. T is no. taking us to heaven. He did. I think technically hell. But what? Yeah. Mr. T was in one of the Left Behind movies? Yeah, dude. No, he was in this whole series. It's called uh, Apocalypse. Wow. You didn't watch the whole series in preparation for this? I did not. In fact, I watched the 1995 30-minute long short film, (laughs) Judgment, directed by David Winkler, starring Matthew McConaughey. Mr. T was nowhere in sight. There were only two black men that we saw, black people, and they were both men. Uh, No Mr. T. I pity the fool. (laughs) (laughs) well whatever mark trying to just bring you know some trying to trying to spice it up spice it up thank you exactly Uh, but no i did i watched the 31 minute short film by david winkler judgment with an extra e um yeah i got i got i got theories about that dude i want to hear well not theories not theories i got questions about that I, dude, I've got all sorts of theories about this. Uh, honest to God, I really enjoyed this film. I really did. I did too. Yeah. And I read a thing that said it's kind of like, um, well, I'll go ahead and read it because I was going to do this for the synopsis. Just read a review by by a viewer on letterboxd.com. He compares it to a Twilight Zone episode. And it clicked. That's it interesting. Clicked extra hard for me. Yeah. So this is how this this person, Patrick Wright, this is how he describes it. A nice little story reminiscent of some sentimental short or another. Okay. <laughs> All right. I, I should have read that sentence ahead of time because <laughs> I think he messed up here. So I'm going to paraphrase a little bit. A nice little story reminiscent of some sentimental short or something else from a non-supernatural Twilight Zone episode. Starts out really strong with lots of interesting questions, but doesn't really know how to take it in a unique or pointed direction. And so it feels like more of the same. Uh, but yeah, Twilight Zone episode. It, for me, it, it yeah, that really clicked. Like this little mystery, this bottled 30-minute mystery felt, felt a lot like a Twilight Zone episode. I like that. And like the Twilight Zone, I feel like each one of those episodes... It really dives into some sort of social issue or some kind of bigger question. And it's not going to tell you what the right thing is. It's going to leave it up to you, right? Yeah, it's like like a a morality play that doesn't teach you – it doesn't tell you what you're supposed to think at the end. I Man, like I could go on for for a very long time. Like at the end with the facts coming through. I'm like, oh, do it. Fuck that fax machine. Fuck that fax machine. 
just like Office Space. We're taking it out and beating the shit out of it. PC load letter? What the fuck does that mean? Yeah. All right. <laughs> but no, I was waiting. I was on the edge of my freaking seat. I was like, was it him? Was it not? Cut to nothing. Yeah. Go to hell, David Winkler. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wouldn't even come on this podcast. I'm calling you out. <laughs> <laughs> he was very nice. He was I, very nice. Yes. Right. But also, I desperately want to know. <laughs> well, I think that that's like, that's it though. Right? Why yeah. did we want to know so badly? It's a mystery. It was a little mystery. Well, it's the mystery, but I think that it's even more than that. It's, I feel like I wanted to know, and I would even say the audience wants to know, because they have been passing judgment this whole time, right? Oh, yeah. And they want to know if they are justified in how they have passed judgment on this entire film, right? Wow. Because by yeah. the end of it, the audience has decided either he is the murderer or he's not the murderer. Yeah. Tell me I'm right. That's what I want to know. You're right. Totally. Well, I mean, I, that was rhetorical, but thank you. I agree. Yeah. I wrote down a lot of different clues. Go. I, I, I watched it again today, and then I went back again and listened to the uh, the radio broadcast mm-hmm. at the beginning of the movie, and like just looking for anything. And I've got all the clues written out, and I, 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 I don't know. I don't know if he's the murderer What are the clues? Break it down. Um, Let's go all like um, uh, Scooby-Doo on this shit. What is it? Oh, I'm going to need a drink before we get into this. Mark, what are we drinking today? I believe this beverage has produced an emotional response. I have a pint and a pickled egg. And red wine is the worst for my sores. You think maybe you and I can brew up some juice? Well, I don't know what you're drinking. I'm drinking a Paloma, uh, which is a tequila cocktail. And I, I could not find a, a grapefruit-flavored Haritos. So I I bought a two liter bottle of squirt. Dude, bring on the squirt. Yeah. So I love it. Paloma. Paloma. What you got? Well, Mark, I have a Lagunitas IPA. Love Lagunitas. Are you familiar with Lagunitas? Oh yeah. Well, I have it. I was like, it sounds like it would be in Texas. All right. And nice. I feel like there's a constant theme with these Matthew McConaughey films. I feel like they're all filmed in Texas. Jesus Christ, when are we going to get out of Texas? I mean, I just feel like that's that's all we're getting right now. It's just desert. Yeah. Matthew McConaughey and desert. Yes. Okay. Now, again, let's go back all the way to the beginning, Mark. Unsolved mysteries. They just they just had that's what they had, right? Yeah. Right. They just were like, well, we're filming on location. We're using people that are just hanging out. Mm-hmm. Maybe he was just stuck in Texas. And they were like, all right, we got McConaughey. We got sand. We're shooting a bunch of films. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I mean, what better place to have him, uh, you know, shirtless? Yeah. Can't do that in Alaska. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> there might be a three or four day period in Alaska where you can go shirtless. I, I don't know. You think people wear bikinis in Alaska? I hope so. Well, I do too. I just wonder, like, where? Where would you do that? I don't know. I hear they have mosquitoes like the size of your head there. So, oh God, did you go? Did you go on that trip to Mississippi with the youth group, the Delta? I feel like I did. Did we scrape and paint houses? Yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. that yeah. was West Virginia. Ah, it was West Virginia. No, don't know anything about Mississippi. Tell me, man. Those I had never seen a mosquito that big. It was like like the male mosquitoes that you see around here. 
Yeah. It was like the female mosquitoes were almost that big. They were just, I mean, like little tiny sparrows. It was, it was nuts. <laughs> sparrows. Yeah. <laughs> so I've never seen an Alaska mosquito, but I do not want to. <laughs> yeah. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm lubed up here with, with my Paloma. So I, I've, got a, I've got notes here. Is Bryant the murderer? Okay, so we've got uh, we've got Sam Taylor, right? That's McConaughey's character. Sam Taylor, he, yep. He's a deputy. He pulls mm-hmm. over uh, a guy named Bryant. So is Bryant the murderer? You know, from the, from the moment of the stop, the the guy Bryant, he's he's very charismatic, and then as soon as McConaughey goes back to the truck, which was a a Bronco, by the way. Oh, it was good call. Yeah. Did Did you notice as soon as McConaughey walks away, the charisma goes away? Oh yeah, and Bryant's face goes. Oh yeah, you know, he's focused, worried, concerned. I don't know what you would say. The duality of man, right there. Ooh, exactly. I like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So that was like clue one. You know, that could just be that he's he's trying to talk his way out of a speeding ticket. He put on the charisma hard, and now he's like, Ugh, I'm probably not getting out of this. Well, absolutely. You know, so, and that on top of so that could go either way. He he later notes that you know he's traveling through rural white Texas. I, I can only imagine. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So McConaughey walks away with the license. And he's like, well, shit, here I am out and alone in the desert with this white cop. Right. I think he had every right. reason to be suspicious of Matthew McConaughey. All right. Yeah. Or at least on edge. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Oh, and it's important to note he didn't have a license. He just had a business card. Mm-hmm. Right. Because he left his wallet at the rental company. Yeah, the car rental company. Um, yeah, so so McConaughey takes the the business card back to the truck, and here's on just like regular terrestrial radio, not the police radio. Right. Uh, you know, and a, a news announcement that that there's a, a middle aged black man traveling alone in a gray sedan. Uh, he's he's a murder suspect for a murder that I think occurred in Austin. I don't recall. And. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, they, they, yeah, yes, I know that, and that he was spotted at the state line earlier in the morning. So we presumably have, you know, this. There's Bryant is a is a middle aged black man traveling alone in a gray Buick sedan. Um, I mean, yeah. So so that's that's another clue on the surface. Everything he fits the fits. description. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Later, we find out that Bryant had been pulled over earlier in the morning by the sheriff. Of, I should say that the name of the movie is Judgment, and we are in Judgment County, Texas, which is not a real county. Uh, but so the sheriff of Judgment County pulled over Bryant earlier in the day. He did not tell Matthew McConaughey's character that he had already been pulled over. The sheriff is murdered. We find out, you know. So that's a that's to me that kind of weighs on the side of the scale of you know, he's hiding something, right? Well, sure, right? Yeah. Relevancy, though. I mean, did he have to tell? The deputy that that happened? And he makes that point. Just saying. He says that to McConaughey. Yeah. I think he says, so what? I like to drive fast. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Absolutely. Uh, you know, a couple of weird things happen, right? Mm-hmm. Deputy says, let's go back to the station, you and me, so we can uh, try and sort this out. Now, at this point, the deputy is, he's in a position of, okay, this, this could be the guy. I got to get him somewhere, right? right? I got to take him back. I can't just let him go. Right. Um, and, and then I feel like, you know, we learned that there is no holding cell. What kind of 
police station is this? They have nowhere to put the guy. Yeah. Okay. That small town. That's that is some damn deputy um, Barney Fife shit right there. Yeah. Even in Mayberry, they had three cells. Well, they had the town drunk. Got to put them somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> so Otis. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Otis, you can go. We'll see you. Now try not to drink it all. Just a minute, Otis. Aren't you gonna ask him? Otis, where are you getting the liquor? Andy, I can't tell you. All right. Where are you getting it? Where are you getting it? Where are you getting it? <laughs> so, I mean, then the town gets word, right? And the town starts going up. All They, they start mm-hmm. going crazy. Because what have they done? They have already judged this man. All right. We got a black guy. We got a gray sedan. Something must be done. Yeah. And we, we discover that the sheriff has been murdered. Yes. The, so Makane's character finds the citation in the glove box mm-hmm. of the of the sedan. So there's one clue. Uh, he kept something in his glove box. That means he's a psychopath, right? According to you. I have never met anyone who actually <laughs> kept anything important in there. I've never opened mine. I couldn't tell you what's there. But the the video quality was so bad. I couldn't I couldn't read anything on the citation. But he McConaughey says something like he got pulled over at. Um, he got pulled over over at Joseph's place or something. It was like some name's place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know where that is. But when they go find the sheriff's truck, they don't say, oh, this is Joseph's place. This is exactly where he, he pulled the guy over. You know, they just say it's the place that the sheriff hunts. So we don't know if it's the same place that the citation was issued. Oh, that's interesting. Interesting. And, and I would ask you, why would Bryant accept the citation from the sheriff, and then kill the sheriff. And if for some reason he accepted the citation, the sheriff was like, wait, 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 wait. I just heard this on the radio. Get out of the car. Why would he keep the citation if he had just killed the sheriff? No, yeah, I completely agree. So much of that is is out of order. Um, If I was the murderer and I had to, he, he wouldn't have to do anything. If he was going to accept the citation, he could have just kept going at that point. Right. Right? right. There's no reason to do anything about it. To your point, if he was going to do something about it, why hold on to the citation? Yeah. Get rid of the evidence. Bingo. It's not flying for me, man. Yeah. And then uh, he ends up saving Sam in the end. Yeah. He didn't have to do that, especially if he was really a murderer. I mean, even if he wasn't a murderer, there was a lynch mob coming after him. You know, his life is in danger. And and he puts his ass on the line to save McConaughey's character, uh, Sam. He does? He does. He gives Sam the weapon back, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, in, in that scene, I was waiting to hear the click of the trigger and mm-hmm. nothing fire. And then... Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then um, <clears throat> Bryant pull out of his pocket the shells and just drop them on the ground. He just walk away in his own judgment like, fuck you. Absolutely. That's what I was waiting for. I think the first time I watched it, I had the same thought. Like, he's going to pull the trigger, be click. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I'm not that stupid. You know, <laughs> I mean, right. If I'm going to give you your gun back, you can have it. But I'm keeping the bullets. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. They, the, the writer or writers really leave us wondering, uh, is Bryant the murderer? Never give the suspect the benefit of the doubt. That's what the chief always said. 
but that's just that's just one one thread that I I want to explore. I'm sure that you also want to explore as we, as we talk about this. You brought up a few times, you know, that the town is judgmental, the town's people are judgmental, right? Uh, mm-hmm. The name of the county is judgment. That's another thing that I've got written down are like examples of uh, of, of how the town fits the name. But I want to hear your thoughts. I mean, I I think that the writers we're we're not trying to be sneaky with this one. All right. I really don't. Mm-hmm. Because to add the extra E in there and, and complete the word judge for the name of this town and this county, right? Yeah. I, I, I think they were trying to come on really strong. Like, this is the mm-hmm. theme that we are portraying right here. Okay. Like, uh, yeah. like the movie Crash. I feel like I'm the only person that liked that movie. <laughs> but it was just like overtly like, are you getting what I'm trying to say to you? Okay. Again, writers were not trying to be sneaky about this. Right. Um, If I remember correctly, that movie opens up with, um, uh, who's the rapper? Not Mr. T. He's he's on the Fast and the Furious films, too. Uh, Oh, God. Um, Fuck. Ludacris. 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 Yes. Stop. Drop. Kaboom. Some call me Ludacris. Some call me Mr. Wiggles. Far from diddle. Yeah, it, it starts off with Ludacris and a friend of his walking down the road, and uh, this white couple crosses the street or whatever, and he's like, why are these people crossing the street? They're racist sons of bitches, blah, blah, blah. And then they go hijack That's the a, people. <laughs> that was so funny. <laughs> I was like, I see what you did there. Yep. Yeah. Cracking me up. Man, I loved that movie. I thought it was like groundbreaking. Right? That's what I thought too. Then, we were 15 yeah. at the time, but right. right. Yeah, you watch it 5 years later and you go, "Oh man, this is this is nothing." <laughs> okay, so again, along that same thread, I know I'm the only person in the world that liked that damn Sparkle movie. Was that the name of it? Had Will Smith mm, came out about 2 years ago. Uh had blue people, blue ogre-looking people in it. Oh, come on. Oh, they were cops? Yeah. On, on Netflix? What was that called? Oh, I never saw that. I never saw that. Oh, you would hate it. You would hate it. <laughs> I loved it. And I was the only person that did. Apparently, it just, like, did not go over well. Yeah, I know critics aren't always right. But Bright really, genuinely, actually sucks. Oh, I thought it did well. I don't I think it, it did. Well. I could be wrong. Bright, not Sparkle. It's Bright. Bright. Hey, Okay. <laughs> I see how your brain put that together. Right? Yeah, it had like a, whatever, the ogre, yeah, like yeah. from uh, Lord of the Rings or whatever. Very much yeah. so. And, you know, again, not very um, sneaky, not very um, camouflage. Uh, not trying to hide the message, kind of jamming the message. They are, they are, yeah. The blue people are black yeah. people, okay? That's what we're trying right. to tell you, okay? Yeah. It was very obvious what they were trying to do. Again, like you said, I thought it was fantastic. I was like, what a great message. And uh, <laughs> I, I, I don't think that everyone got on board with that. I don't know why. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, <clears throat> but uh, yeah, there is, what, there, what did you got? Well, there is a little bit of, of, of a racial element, but it's very, very small. Again, this is only 31 minutes. Um, and they're not really profiling this guy. You know, it's not just, oh, there's a black man who might be a murderer. It's... I agree. You know, you're right. Middle-aged black man traveling alone, gray sedan. You know, he fits not just the physical description, but sure. like everything they have, right? But at one point, uh, Bryant says, you know, something about, oh, and I'm sure 
this mob isn't just coming after me because of the color of my skin. And McConaughey says, well, you're not the only black man in this county. And he goes, yeah, just the darkest. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, it, uh, I, I think some somebody might say, oh, he's pulling the race card, you know, or some bullshit like that. Although I haven't heard that in a long time. But that was a thing for, for a while that people would say. Oh, that was totally a thing. Thank you, Facebook. Right? Yeah. At that point, he was just trying to, he was trying anything he, he could do to get out of there, you know, to try to convince McConaughey's character that like, you do not have enough evidence to keep me. These people are trying to kill me. You have to let me go so that I can live. Well, absolutely. I mean, his life is legitimately legitimately in danger at this point, right? There yeah, are people yeah. out there. The lynch mob is waiting, all right? Mm-hmm. Um, they're afraid that one of their own has been killed by this man. And they're right. afraid that the justice system is not going to do its job. And he's going to run free. Okay. The deputy right. said, I don't really know what the book is. I don't know if I've done this one by the book. And mm-hmm. who is it? Laurel brings up, you've already said you fucked this up. You fucked it up. You fucked it up. We can't yeah. let this guy walk because of you. We're going to take care of this right now. Nothing is fucked, dude. Come on. You're being very undude. Yeah. We get the impression that McConaughey's character is like, this is like made in 95 or released in 95. So He's like fresh out of the army, I guess, from yep. Desert Storm. Mm-hmm. Now, Sheriff Max says any man who can spend a year in the Kuwaiti desert and come out with not even a sunburn on his ass is worth deputizing in this county. <laughs> and yeah, brand new to being law enforcement. And he, re- he regurgitates a lot of things that the chief, uh, the sheriff, has told him. Yes. Mm-hmm. We only see the sheriff dead. So we, we really only learn about the sheriff through these regurgitated isms. You know, what do you think that message that we're trying to get there is? What do you think that is that the deputy would only give us what he learned that information via repeating what someone else said? What do do you think that says? I don't know. He he's he's new to the job. Uh, at, At one point, Bryant says to him, you're about the most naive white boy I've ever met. Stop telling me what everybody else would say and do the right thing. And at that moment, I was like. Fucking A, man. Because I was just tired of hearing Taylor repeat these things. Sure, yeah. That the sheriff had said. I'm like, God damn, think for yourself, you know? <laughs> Do you think that maybe, maybe, just go with me for three steps here. The message there is don't just do what the older people ahead of you did. Don't mm. just follow the previous generations or, or just your elders because they're your elders, right? Yeah. Like you said, think for yourself here. Don't follow the mob. Don't follow the elders. Yeah. Have independent thinking. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Some of the things that I noticed, and I want you to jump in here because I think you, you've you already focused a lot on like the name of the town and the, the, the metaphor around judgment. But there were there were a few yep. things that stood out to me. It, they they, they kind of made it sound like the sheriff ruled with an iron fist. You know, that's, that's how he... He Definitely. kept judgment crime-free. Um, Ooh, yeah. One of the things he told McConaughey is never give the defendant the benefit of the doubt. Uh, Bryant at one point asks, isn't a man innocent until proven guilty? And McConaughey says, not in this county, no. I mean, isn't a man innocent until he's proven guilty? Not in this county, no. That's what the chief always said. That's that. It, that I caught that, and that was weird. I was like, what? That's- and then, yeah, his, his niece, uh, she, she says... Hey, you know, 
My uncle didn't get elected sheriff around here for so many years because he was a nice guy. Sam, there's a reason that Mac kept getting elected sheriff around here. And it wasn't because he was a nice guy. No. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. So that sheriff was, uh, what, judge and jury? Judge, jury, executioner. Yeah, exactly. Right? But, but that is not how our justice system works. You are, in fact, an attorney of the law. I am an officer of the court. Yes. <laughs> so, what what would you say, Mark? Uh, I am a big believer in the innocent until proven guilty. Um, I don't want to use the word narrative, but but that's isn't that what our entire justice system is is built around? This one idea. Yeah, I mean it's a it's a a very base idea, fundamental idea of the Constitution. So yeah, I mean th- this is a pillar of our justice system. You know, Trump said he could shoot somebody in the in in the street on camera and nobody would convict him, but. Um, that was a weird thing to yeah. say. Yeah. Still is. But, you know, even in that situation, it would be – the burden would be on the state to prove that that is what happened. Um, you know, there are a lot of a lot of yeah. things that I run into where it's like, oh, you definitely did this. And then I think if I had to present the information that I have to a jury of six mm-hmm. or 12 people, would they be convinced beyond a reasonable doubt that this happened? Probably not. But like – So you're – your intuition and your reading of the evidence, that, that's not enough. Right. right. I'm reading their body language. I know what the, the, the tone of what they're telling me. You know, we're having a conversation. Yeah. It's like, you're bullshitting me. I know that you did this, you know, but can I prove it beyond a reasonable doubt? No. Okay. We're going off on a tangent here, Mark, but I got to ask you, I've never been on mm-hmm. a jury. Uh, somehow I have managed to weasel my way off of yep. this yeah, yeah. every time. I know that you have. You were even a four person. I was. Um, so how do you, as a jury member, go in with a blank slate? I, you know, I hate to say this would be true, but I mean, if the cops arrested someone and felt like they were, they were confident enough that something happened and this was the person that did it, I feel like the defendant already has just a disadvantage going in. Absolutely. Yeah, but... The standard of evidence for an arrest or for the issuance of an arrest warrant is basically, did this probably happen? Yeah, or could th- could this have happened, maybe? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, well arrest that makes them. sense because that, that, that makes perfect sense because when I was arrested, Mark, I was like, there is no way, man. Yeah. Now, what, was I guilty of the alleged crime? Nobody's going to say. I'm not going to say no. anything, Mark. No, I mean, but I'll tell you this, they sure did arrest my ass. <laughs> right. You still haven't apologized to that family, have you? For <laughs> that horrible, horrible crime you did. <laughs> I was like, what the <laughs> family? <laughs> For the horse? I never shot the horse, Mark. Come on. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it, probable cause is all you need, which is just very, very little. And, and that's the thing. It, it's, you know... You go, well, this, I've got enough here. This person probably did this crime. Right. But, you know, you're not the judge, jury, or executioner out on the side of the road. You know, you you just, it's like, yep, they probably did this. I've got enough evidence. I'm arresting them. And then it's, you know, it goes from there. But, you know, a lot of people would say, like, in response to that, you know, well, that means that criminals are getting away with crimes. You know, we need to. We need to crack down. But as they said on the radio, like the guy said, According to the Bible, grace comes from mercy. 
what if this was your uh, your brother or father? Right. Yeah. 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 You know. Absolutely. And but the I mean, for me, and I actually think about this more than a probably a normal person. You know, the idea behind innocent until proven guilty, as explained to me, is that it is better to let a guilty person go than to imprison an innocent person. I would say 100%. That that is my understanding of this entire philosophy. Yeah, I mean, there are plenty of people that get convicted only on circumstantial evidence. And, you know, it's like, I mean, shit, what what if you... What if you drove to the liquor store at, at nine o'clock and it, it happened to be closed? You're like, oh, shit. And, you know, you look in the window and you, oh, man, it says they're open until 11, you know, and you hang around for a few minutes and then you, you leave your phone in the car and you walk over to the gas station that's in the same parking lot. Um, but none of the cameras are working at either of these places. And then it turns out that the liquor store clerk was murdered in a robbery. And the evidence that they have against you is, oh, look, he drove all the way from his house. He stayed at the liquor store for 10 minutes, according to his phone data, you know, GPS data. Absolutely. Um, we have fingerprints on the glass. He was looking through the glass. Yeah, yeah, right. Exactly. You know, all this stuff. And it's like, he probably did it. And, you know, if a prosecutor can put together a really good story and convince people, then then maybe they, they go along with it. But... Um, you know, when I was the the, the foreman for, for the jury, it was uh, vehicular homicide. And there was there was one person who just, they were convinced. Like, I have, they, well, she said, I have a feeling that the person is guilty. <laughs> and I have a feeling, Mark, that you did not take that well. No, uh, like the guy who should have been the foreman, like suggested that I be the foreman because... It was so obvious to all of us that there just wasn't enough evidence there. But I was the only one who said, well, we're supposed to keep an open mind and we're not supposed to make a decision now. And, you know, and, and so, yeah, this, this older guy was like, I want you to be the foreman. Um, but yeah, it, it was a vehicular homicide. The, the woman's then ex or now ex-boyfriend like said that she had been driving when they crashed. And she said that he had been driving. And so for, for us on the jury, it was like, well, of course, of course he's going to say that she was driving, you know? Right. And luckily we got instructions when we went back to deliberate that like, he's a convicted felon and we can ignore his testimony. And I was like, okay, <laughs> perfect. Not guilty. You know, there's just not enough. Yeah. Really? Like, I mean, I don't know, maybe 50% chance that she had been driving, maybe 80% chance that she had been driving. But then uh, the other witnesses were, their testimony wasn't consistent on who was sitting where in the car and who had been driving. And they were all high on meth and they were passing around a bottle of liquor, (laughs) you know? So it's like, who knows what was going on? And it was like three years prior, you know, that it happened. So it's like, there's no way that we can know that that this woman was driving. We're not going to send her to prison for that. And and so, but right. So you had to know. Yeah. Like there was, there was no guessing. You had to right. know. And of course, there's never going to be a hundred percent. You know, a defense attorney's job is to come up with alternate, um, alternate s- stories, alternate scenarios. You know, just sure. like the prosecution yeah. comes up with a story, a scenario, a narrative. Um, you know, the the defense's job is to say, well, this could have happened. This could have happened. You know, look at the facts. Look at the evidence. 
all that, all the evidence and facts fits into this story and this story and this story and this story and the prosecution story. You know, which one? I feel like that would be a fun job to have just for a little yeah. bit. Like, you know what, man? Give me the elements <laughs> of this story and I'm going to write you five different <laughs> yeah. stories. J.K. Rowling would be great at this. Ooh, chat GPT. Hmm. Going to change. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, dude. I'm a defense attorney yeah, tomorrow. Right? <laughs> Passing the bar because chat, uh, chat GPT can do that now. Apparently, yeah. Yeah. That's scary. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, uh, you know, so you, you come up with these alternate uh, scenarios and go, do you have doubt? Do you, do you believe this beyond a right. reasonable doubt? Like, Or do one or two of these alternate scenarios make sense to you? And you go, I, yeah, it could be one of the two or one of the three. And I can't send this person to prison for 5, 10, 50 years, you know, whatever it is. So, yeah, it's interesting and difficult. Yeah. Dang. You know, I, I kind of want to do it now. But I know that as soon as I'm there, I'm going to regret that decision. Yeah, you're playing with people's lives, you know. It's, uh, yeah. Yeah, no. No, I take it back. I don't want to do that. Nope. Now, Sheriff, I know you're listening. Because a good law enforcement agent always leaves the radio on. Never know when you're going to need help reeling in that felon. That's what you'd say. Well, Mark, um, what do we know about box office? Anything at all? Yeah, it was uh, the budget. The budget was thirty-five million, and bullshit. They spent thirty-five million on that film. And, yeah, and then when it was released in uh, in the advanced film class at Austin, UT Austin, <laughs> it was well, rave reviews. Uh, nobody had to pay for tickets, so they didn't make any money off of it. No, I actually, I have I have no clue. I cannot find. This is another one of those. Oh, I thank can't God. Find a thing about it, Mark. I was so concerned. I was like, "What did they do with that <laughs> money? Like, if they spent over a million dollars on this film, I want to see an itemized list. That's what I want. Because <laughs> I know they didn't pay anyone <laughs> no. that much money. I can no. tell you that. Yeah, I saw the, right. the voices on the radio. It was like the two writers and a director, and like, yeah. I mean, they yeah, they were not. They did not have any any kind of budget, but no, no. Yeah, no. The, this is another one where we don't have a lot to go on um, as as far as information. I, you kind of alluded to it earlier. I did reach out to the director, uh, and he he wasn't able yeah. to um, just yeah he wasn't able to to provide us with any information. But I was hoping to get some kind of background on yeah budget. Where did they find the extras? Where did they film? You know something, but. Um, okay, so I don't even remember where I was reading. A um, couple comments, just just people commenting on whatever thread this was. One of the commenters was, I was one of the extras in there. And I wish I had followed down his rabbit hole. Like, okay, who are you and where are you from? But, uh, but during the mob, he was, he was one of the mob people. Um, you know, I did look up the director myself and what I found in the Instagram where you found him as well. I don't know if you noticed, um, he has exactly 606 followers, um, uh-huh. which is less than me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
right? I don't want to get into, into details, all right? I, I just don't want to say how many more I have than he does. But I will say that um, I have about a third more followers than he does. Maybe maybe even half nice. of his followers more. Yeah, I mean, thanks. I am not a critically acclaimed director. You know, he was involved in the Creed movies, which are which are a big deal. Wow. He was um, a producer. Nah, producer. You're you're right. You're right. The fuck did they do anyway? Apparently, most of the time, nothing. So, <laughs> well, that explains why he doesn't have more followers. Yeah, but I, I mean, I thought uh, you know, as soon as I saw the Twilight Zone thing, it it it, it kind of all made sense to me, and I, and I was like, okay, this was well made. You know, um, we are in. I mean. Uh, Pretend like it's Truman Show, like a like a bubble, and McConaughey yeah. has just been abducted by aliens and like popped into this bubble, and he doesn't remember. You know, he's got memories, you know, but he doesn't really remember how he got here. All of a sudden, he's here. He's this deputy sitting on the side of the road, calling out on the radio, and the sheriff won't answer. You know, and it, it's about him, right? Him. That's really interesting. Yeah. Yes. It's like having to I'm grow you. out of these little ditties that the sheriff has told him in the past. You know, he's got to, as uh, as Bryant said, you know, think for himself. And and yeah, there aren't many other characters. There's there's the lady at the diner, the the niece of the sheriff, yep. and then just an amorphous mob of people. But yeah, it, it's like McConaughey is the main character in in a puzzle video game almost where you have to make the right moral decisions to win you know dude i'm following this i love yeah. it yes it's like a choose your own adventure book yeah no yeah. i don't know no i see it i really do i'll say i um i, I noticed when uh McConaughey's character took bryant out out he was trying to drive him to state police headquarters or wherever and and get stopped right. by a yeah, yeah, roadblock yeah. of citizens you know, they're, they're jammed in. Which got there are alarmingly fast, fast, by the way. Yeah. Yes. But as they're running into the desert, Bryant is saying, give me the key. Give me the key to the uh, handcuffs. Give me the key. Yeah. And that, that brought yeah. me back to Unsolved Mysteries, where, what's it? What's oh, his name? Oh, the keys of the yeah, truck. Like, yeah, yeah, give yeah. Give me the keys. Give me the keys. Mm-hmm. Give me the keys. No. Tell me give me the keys. Yeah. So that, that, that lined up. And then, uh, yeah, one of the, one of the mobs, mobsters, <laughs> one of the people from the lynch mob, like they just shoot <laughs> the blindly. <laughs> they just shoot blindly out in the desert and hit, uh, Sam hit, hit McConaughey's character. Um, so he's shot. And then the next morning we see that Bryant is calling an ambulance. He found a phone on the side of the interstate, you know? Uh, no, he didn't find one. It was directly across the street from the car. Okay. <laughs> That's some convenience right there. That was convenient. <laughs> I kind of thought that he drove him there in the car. But that, no, you're right. But then drag him back out and lay him in the in the sand? I mean, I guess. He would have had to have dragged him out so that he could keep driving. But it did seem like he was, yeah, huh. Yeah, so maybe that little emergency phone was just right there. <laughs> I mean, maybe you're right. We have no reason to believe one way or the other. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, McConaughey is... He's, he's down on the ground. He's got all like blood on his face and stuff. And I thought, I mean, the makeup and the acting there was pretty good. Okay. So our guest for the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, right? Yeah. Loved her, by the way. Let's have her back. Yeah. And we need to recommend this for one of her under 90 minute films. Yes, yes we do. Amanda Kusick. So 
Um, Amanda, one of the first things that she said was she voluntarily and intentionally allows herself to get just absorbed into the movie, mm. right? Like she wants to to be in the movie and not be a watcher in the movie, but really feel like she is present in the film. Yeah. And and I did the same thing for this one. I was like, I want to be, I want 100% buy-in for this film. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I feel like I got it, man. I, I don't know why this didn't do better because I was sold on this movie. <laughs> I really was. I, I was paying attention to the acting, loved it. Like you said, there's only two and a half characters, loved it. Don't care. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. No, Bryant played by Clarence Williams III. He's got a long hist- uh, long uh, career. He was mm-hmm. phenomenal. He really was. And it was a complex character. Yes. Right? Yes. And I, th- I do yeah, think this, I, is a, this is a short film, independent film, maybe, you know, never hit theaters, I'm sure. You know, it was 30 minutes, but... Um, so you asked why why it it didn't do better, I, you know? But you would think that once McConaughey got some clout in Hollywood, he's got the name. Yeah, that like, yeah exactly. Just look five years in the past, and you've got this gem of a movie. Um, yeah, so you would think. Well, yeah. okay. How how Mark? How long did it take you to find this film? It it took us doing this podcast for me to know that it existed and to look for it. Well, but but even at that point, exactly. You had we had no idea it existed, mm-hmm. and then the only place we could find it was on YouTube, which, by the way, I had a hell of a time actually watching because I have a safe search on for my three year old. <laughs> Wouldn't let me watch it. What? Wouldn't even let me search for it, Mark, because it has guns. Don't know what it was, but it was cleared. I had to like go in like incognito mode <laughs> and like I couldn't cast it to my TV. Wouldn't let me do what? it. Had to sit there on the couch and watch it on my phone. It was some bullshit. Some absolute bullshit. Okay. I think we need to go back to this director, Winkler, and say, what the fuck are you doing, Winkler? Yeah. All yeah. right. Why are you hiding this film? <laughs> what are you hiding? It's like it, it's like a horror movie, man. We've stumbled onto something. <laughs> yeah. They've been trying to hide. This is a, a lost Twilight Zone episode that... They don't want you to see. They don't want you to see. You interviewed the director? No. Don't talk to me. Don't talk to me. Can't help you. Like, I wonder if he had to sign an NDA or something. You know, like the government made him sign it, you know? Because there's a UFO in there. Um, Did you see it? I didn't see it. They're hiding something. Fucking hiding something. (laughs) They they removed it. It's in there somewhere. (laughs) (laughs) Hmm? Um, I think it's safe to say we didn't see a lot of uh, McConaughey's chest in this one. Is that right? Yeah, even when he was injured, they had a comically large, uh, like towels wrapped around his arm where he had been shot. <laughs> it was gigantic. Um, yeah, did not remove his shirt to tend to his wounds. So yeah, not not shirtless in this one. Why was he unconscious? I've never been shot. I saw a guy get shot once. He was three feet away from me. What? Um, yeah. Where, yeah where was this? In my backyard. Have yeah. I not heard this? Uh, no, story? don't worry. He was fine. He was fine. Uh, I got a revolver, a twenty-two revolver from a neighbor as a gift. She was very old. She didn't know what to do with it. It came with a leather holster. It was straight western. Uh-huh. So me and a buddy went out back and we started like quick drawing, right? Okay. And he was like, man, you're so slow. I wasn't slow, Mark. I was cautious. 
Okay. Okay. His ass came down, and he was doing good for the first two, three, four. Pow! Shot himself in the toe. Whoa. True story. Took a little V out of the top of his uh, big toe. Oh, no. Like the nail? Like split the nail? Yeah, Uh, absolutely. uh, He kept that boot in the back of his truck as a a little memento for years. Oh, my God. Do I know this person? Oh, yeah. Who is it? I mean, think about the people that I have hung out with that would be dumb enough to want to just sit there and quick draw in the backyard until they shoot themselves in the foot. Tyler... Uh, okay, oh, you're on the right track, but no, no, no. Um, Cousin? Zach. Zach. <laughs> <laughs> How old were y'all? I mean, we were in college. Oh! I was in college. You made it sound like y'all were like nine years old. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> no, sorry. That's insane. He shot himself on the I toe. I don't know which one's worse. Yeah. I mean, which one's worse, shooting yourself when you're nine or when you're 25? 25 is worse, but it just made sense. <laughs> Talking about an old lady neighbor. I'm like, oh, man. She gave these nine-year-olds a gun. <laughs> <laughs> she thought it'd be fine. Yeah. Oh, God. Mm-hmm. It was a 22 Magnum, no less. I mean, those are some long-ass bullets. Goddamn idiot. Yep. Yep. Bless his heart. Bless it. Bless it. Um, so all that to say, I have seen someone shot in close proximity. There was blood. That's crazy. Uh, he did not pass out. And I don't think getting shot in the shoulder should pass you out. That's all I'm trying to say. Well, in the last movie we saw in Scorpion Spring, we saw a guy get shot, as you pointed out, like, I don't know, like softball-sized wound on the thigh <laughs> where there are definitely some major arteries. Dude. Um, he should have been gone. A goner. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. You can't stop that. You know, shock, maybe, from getting shot in the shoulder. I don't know. I don't know, man. They say you don't hear the one that gets you. Mm, really? Yeah, absolutely. Mm. That's what I've heard. I don't know. Never been shot that I can yeah, think of. Not yet. <laughs> what are you doing? Well, well, well huh? I was just, I was thinking back to that one time I got arrested, man. She was real quick to pull guns <laughs> on us. I tell you what, we thought one of our asses were going to get shot. Really? Wow. Hell yeah, oh, man. Glad I wasn't there. That's all I got to say. I wish you were out of law school by then. You had a local judge help you out, so. Not help you out. No, you're right. Not help you out. Represented you very well. It was very much like the town of judgment. All right. <laughs> <laughs> That's how that whole thing yeah. worked. <laughs> uh, what do you say? County ordinance? Okay. Let's do it. <laughs> Noise complaint. We'll yeah. take it. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, this was this was uh, pretty good. I think that this is by far the best one we've seen. And I think that, that he's, I mean, at this point, this three-day hobby that he thought he was going to get is really starting to evolve into something. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is taking shape. Yeah, we're about to see him in A Time to Kill, which is, you know, again, a career-making role. Um, yep. But I, we know that... He he moved to L.A. just like, you know, to Hollywood. Like, okay, I'm here. I'm going to see what I can do. But there are so many of these filmed in Texas. I've got to imagine that they were filmed before. Like, they, they were filmed before he left for Hollywood. And, you know, we're just all released in 95. Well, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, we're about to get into Hollywood yeah. years. Everything's better in Hollywood. Um, 
Last night, I got a text message from a woman in Beverly Hills. Hmm? Mm-hmm. She uh, mistook me for a man named Jerry and asked if I would accompany her to a gala. Okay. She needed a dance partner. Yep. All right. This sounds very similar to a spam text message you got a few years ago, I think. Uh, well, could be the same guy uh, because it wasn't long after, Mark. I got this photo of a girl that couldn't be over 20, all right, who had no business going to a gala without a date and asking some guy <laughs> named Jerry to be her dance partner, all right? I sw- That's what I'm I saying. I swear I've heard this same story from you from two or three years ago. <laughs> this happened to yesterday. I swear somebody, yesterday. some woman messaged you and was like, Oh, are you going to be there for our date or whatever? And you're and you like you were fucking around with her because you're like, oh, this is definitely. Of course, I was. Yeah, they're they're definitely <laughs> trying to scam me. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Huh. Well, after a while, I was like, we need to define this relationship. Are we boyfriend and girlfriend or not? <laughs> and and that's when they stopped texting me. <laughs> oh man. Well, Mark, do you have a Makana Chi for us? <laughs> I just want to meet new people and do cool things. I thought, man, that is about the best reason to go and do something there is in life, isn't it? Johnny, I do have a Makanachi. I was going... Please tell me. Yeah, I was going to bring the quote from Bryant where he says, you know, stop telling me what everybody else would say and do the right thing. Because there's there's some wisdom in there, and I do think that 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 might be... I mean, if you're trying to find, like, the point... Of the movie, that'd be like top three possibilities for like why did they make this movie? Definitely. Uh, But I've already talked about that, so I'm going to bring in, put on your tinfoil hat. I'm going to bring in (laughs) something for you here. (laughs) Okay, (laughs) there is no judgment county in the state of Texas, but uh, you know they've made it up, right? But where the fuck is it? So I got some clues for you here. Okay. First of all, Bryant says that he's he's driving from Denver to home. Okay. okay. He hands okay. McConaughey a business card that says at least his business is based out of Austin, Texas. So he would be going to Austin. We would assume. Now, maybe he lives elsewhere and the business is sure. based out of Austin. But this is not post-COVID where, you know, for a while, a lot of people were able to work remotely. You know, this, I mean, he. Well, and at this point, dial up was like the shit. So, (laughs) not a lot of teleworking here. And he's not a salesperson. He was like VP of operations or something, you know? Mm -hmm. Uh, So, but, so maybe he didn't live in Austin, but I think we're, we're led to believe that he lives in Austin. Okay. But he tells McConaughey that he's driving from Denver to Austin. So he's driving south. Okay. Now, if he had been driving northbound, McConaughey would have called it out. His character would have said, you're not driving from Denver. You're going north. Okay? So we have right. to assume that he was driving southbound towards Austin. The murder occurred okay. in Austin. In Austin, yes. They talk about how the this uh, suspect was seen at the state line, not the international border, at the state line earlier that morning. And, you know, Austin is like in the middle of the state. So you've seen at the state okay. line earlier in the morning. I wondered about that line, but okay. McConaughey says, oh, you're, a, you know, why would you drive all that way? That's like 1,200 miles from Denver to Austin. It's actually 900 sure. miles. 
Oh, well, he's a liar to start with. Yeah, okay. so he, he, you know, maybe he just guessed wrong, but also maybe the the county of you know, Judgment County is south of Austin by 300 miles. But if that's the case, why would he be, dr- I mean, I guess then it would make sense that he's driving. Well, no, no, it wouldn't. He would be further south of Austin driving south when he should so he be driving be north the, towards home. North, yes. So none of it makes sense. And I think that further supports my my idea that he he was abducted by aliens and put into this little scenario <laughs> in this bubble in the middle of nothing. Because it doesn't make sense. Like geographically, it doesn't make sense. So my McConaughey is the conspiracy theory that that this was a movie and that this didn't really happen. <laughs> <laughs> No, it's just, I really got into it. I was like, all right, I'm looking at maps here. I'm doing, you know, like, what are we, you know, listening really close Mark, to the, the radio. I was so ready <laughs> for you to say that I, I mapped this out. I used the clues and they were talking about this one small city in Texas that no one's ever right. heard of, but there was a similar incident in 1993. <laughs> so they were doing this narrative on what happened. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was waiting for that. Nope. Nope. <laughs> just... <laughs> Uh, and my my wife says like well maybe they were just didn't pay attention you know the the filmmakers uh, yeah that's yeah probably uh, but yeah so I guess my McConaughey is imagining that the filmmakers did this on purpose to confuse me yeah well Mark there's something I've been meaning to tell you you in fact <gasps> have been abducted by aliens this in, is a bubble. About you, we wanted to know if you would figure out the geographical mapping issues of this film. No, let me check the back of my neck for the for the plug. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You know, this might be a good time for to get back on your instas and um, ask the director if he's ever measured the distance between Austin and uh, Denver. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, I understand you, you can't come on the show, but do you know about MapQuest? In 1995. <laughs> <laughs> the map quest was online. Yeah. It was because back then. That's yeah, what I'm saying. Used to navigate like pirates. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> like pirates. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You'd have to print out the directions, but you also had to have a sextant so you could see the stars. That's <laughs> exactly right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I still don't know how people got anywhere. One, off basic maps. Two, off map quest. All right. Who's sitting there reading? Okay. In 26.23 miles, turn left. Turn right, then bear left. Yeah, just like that. Who the fuck's doing? Having to look at your odometer. Man, once you get up into like rural North Georgia and um, rural Western North Carolina, even Google Maps is wrong. It'll try to send you down a one-way street the wrong way. (laughs) It's saying turn right here, and it's like, that's a house, bitch. Maybe it's a shortcut, Dwight. It said go to the right. It can't mean that. There's a lake there. I think it knows where it is going. The The machine knows. Stop yelling at me. No, it's not yelling. There's no road here. Yeah, even modern maps aren't aren't great, so yeah. But I doubt that MapQuest would have been 300 miles off uh, back in the day. Okay. Okay, let me ask you this, Mark. When you did the measurement, mm-hmm. did you do it as the crow flies or as one would drive? As one would drive. Oh, well, then they really fucked yeah. it up. You're Today. Right. Uh, may- maybe there's a new highway, you know, from 30, that wasn't there 30 years ago that added 300 miles. I don't know. 
I was going to say that added miles. That's not how new highways work. <laughs> no, no, uh, no. Just going the wrong direction. I'm sorry, I said that the wrong way. <laughs> Maybe the new highway <laughs> took off 300 miles. Uh, well, do you have a McConaughey? Uh, Mark, my McConaughey from this film um, is simply where the fuck was the radar? Mm-hmm. All right. I don't know if you recall, the gray sedan zooms by Matthew McConaughey's car, yeah. the Bronco. And instinctively, he goes, that man's speeding. I'm going after him. Yeah. I don't think that's good enough, Mark. <laughs> no, you're right. right. That's, that's how I feel about that. Where's the fucking radar? How'd he know he was going 85 miles an hour? How'd he know? I know that in modern law enforcement vehicles, they've got a little... A uh, little indicator up near the, the the door jam, and it tells you know. And then there's like a I don't know where the actual antenna is, the radar antenna, um, but it's like integrated into the vehicle, so they can just they can they will hear a tone, a Doppler tone, and and see the numerical readout. Um, you know, a, a laser a laser gun, a lidar gun is something that you would have yeah. to physically point. Um, I don't know what the technology was 30 years ago, but he at least would have had to hear. A Doppler tone, which we do not hear. So, yeah. Yeah. Interesting. I just, I, it did not look to me like there was any technology at all yeah. in that Bronco. Hmm. It's my only thought here, Mark, is this whole thing got started by a lie. Wow. That's what I want these listeners to go home and think about. Lie awake at night thinking about how this whole damn thing got started by a lie. I also want to point out, don't know if you noticed, and, and I could be making this up, but I think I'm right. That the beginning scene and the ending scene of the film were the same scene. Like looking down the long stretch of highway, listening to this one conversation over the radio. Yeah. The only difference is in the second, in the, in the ending scene, we can see the sedan driving away. But in the opening scene, the road is empty. Whoa. That tends to support the idea that it's like a Twilight Zone episode. That maybe, maybe Magane was sleeping in the truck. None of this actually happened. I love that. I love that. Because if you, it was asleep if you just watch the first, the opening scene and the closing scene, it's just a car driving past a, a speeding past a cop car. Wow. You just cracked the fucking code, Mark, right there in front of us. I you love cracked it. it. I love it. Wow. I did not put that together. They do repeat the, the thing on the radio. Yeah. It's the yeah, same, same scene. scene. Interesting. I'm going to go back and rewatch this. It's only 30 minutes. <laughs> and it is only 30 minutes. We can do this. Yeah. Wow. Dude. A lot of levels. David Winkler is going to be so impressed when he listens to this. Uh, no, he's not going to listen. But he knows the name of the podcast. You spoke to him about yeah, it. Yeah, that's true. Maybe he'll listen. Don't, don't, he only has 606 followers. <laughs> he doesn't have a lot going on, man. Okay. <laughs> Oh, man. All right, Mark. We got to rate this on a scale of one to ten. What's it going to be? Man, I don't know. I don't know. Um, mob members. Okay, I was going to say racist, but mob members is better. Okay. Okay. No, I don't think we... No, we're not going to scale this on one to ten racist. Are you insane? <laughs> no. Mob members is better. <laughs> yeah, they, they didn't lean heavy into the any kind of racism. 
So yeah, they they didn't. Yeah. They didn't. I'm just taking that. No, I'm taking that too far. Yeah. Okay. All right. So Lynch member, uh, or <laughs> Lynch member, Lynch uh, mob members. Lynch mob members. Yep. Okay. You want to go first? I'll go first. Um, the movie. I mean, we we obviously cannot compare this to How to Lose a Guy in Ten Days or Dallas Buyers Club. You know, it, it, it's a it's a totally different type of fruit. You know, apples and oranges. What if we were going to compare it to Texas Chainsaw Massacre? Hmm. I think my rating for that was oscillating between a two and a six, depending on my mood. <laughs> so that, that one's a little hard, a little hard to nail down. Um, but yeah, yeah. Comparing it to Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Scorpion Spring, I give it a 10. Uh, 10 Lynch Mob I mean, members. <laughs> <laughs> which were about the total that were there. Yeah. Okay. That was all the lynch mob yeah. members we had to choose from. Yeah. Yeah. It's like they, all the extras they could dig right. up. They went to the outskirts of Austin, some bar and said, Hey, y'all are drunk. Do you want to come? At least two of them were the writers, Mark. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, honestly, yeah, no, like thinking about this being a short film an independent film and it really helps that we analyze it. And you're saying that you're you're really trying to put yourself, like immerse yourself, you know? Immerse is the word, absolutely. And for me, I think it's watching it, watching these movies for this podcast makes me think more deeply about them, you know? And and you learn more about the background. And I don't know. I I I'm going to give this as a Twilight Zone episode, nine out of ten lynch mob members. Dude, okay, I'm so glad you said that. I really am. Yeah? Really am. Where are you at? Dude, because I want to give this a 10 out of 10. I really do. But I don't believe in perfection. Yeah. Okay? And we certainly aren't there yet. Right. Right. right? But David Winkler, again, he's hiding something because this should be an award-winning piece. (laughs) All right? There's a reason this has been buried. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to give it nine and a half Lynch mob members. Okay. Uh, the half could be a, a child. Mm-hmm. Um, it could, um, I don't, I, I don't, a short person. I don't right. know. Um, nine and a half. Nine and um, a half. Now, Matthew McConaughey's performance, mm-hmm. I still don't think we've hit peak McConaughey. All right. Yeah. He was really good. Yes. He was. Yes. He was. Uh, but I want to give him, I got to leave him room to grow here. All right. I want to give him uh, seven and a half. Okay. Seven and a half. Seven and a half. What do you say? Lynch mob members. Yeah. Two things that stood out to me when they find the sheriff dead, he's, he's with mm-hmm. the sheriff's niece and he does this right. weird, like he's on the ground over the sheriff. This is this like weird, like crawls over on his knees Shuffles over <laughs> to console the niece. That was a that was weird. And then when he first makes the traffic stop, and Bryant is telling him some things, he he yeah. does this weird uh, head head nod, like, "Oh, okay, okay, all right." What did Amanda say that was called in her interview? When you can see that the actor is acting. There was a name for that. Uh, yeah, I mentioned it last episode, indicating. That's what it was, indicating. Yeah. 
Yeah. yeah, those were the only times that it really stood out to me, like, oh, mm-hmm. you know, kind of pulled me out. Otherwise, I think he he did great. I, I don't, I can't say anything bad about his performance. Uh, Clarence Williams as Bryant was, I mean, fucking phenomenal. They played off each other's really well. Uh, yep. I, I'm going to give him eight. I'm going to give McConaughey's performance eight Lynch Mob members. I think that's fair. I think that's fair. Yeah. It, you know what? I read another, um, you know, one of the three things on the internet that you can find about this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, someone said that, that Clarence was the standout role in this in this movie. Really? Mm-hmm. And it makes me wonder if we need to find him. Where is he? I, I looked him up on IMDb earlier today, and he's got a, I mean, a long career. I think he's still working, uh, or at least up until a few years ago. So, yeah. Huh. We can track him down. Yeah. We'll see what he's yeah. up to. Yeah, maybe we can find him. In hey, yeah. Hell yeah. Mark, do you have a journal entry for us today? That's the fun about journaling. There are no rules, all right? All right, all right, all right. Johnny, I do have a journal entry. Uh, it's from Green Lights. McConaughey does not mention judgment in Green Lights, so I don't have anything that directly corresponds. Uh, but this is from page 103 of Green Lights. And this is what he says. We are not here to tolerate our differences. We are here to accept them. We are not here to celebrate our sameness. We are here to salute our distinctions. We are not born into equal circumstances or with equal abilities, but we should have equal opportunity. As individuals, we unite in our values. Celebrate that. I get that. I like that a lot. Yeah. I'm into that. I really am. Yeah. I think if more people would read that every day, the world might be a better place, you know? Well, I mean, I'm sitting here thinking people on both sides of the aisle can get behind that, man. You know, the people who say, pull yourself up by your bootstraps, they can get behind that. And the people who say, you know, everybody needs the same opportunity. They're going to, they're going to get up there too. Mm-hmm. Yes. McConaughey 2024. <laughs> I'll be the first one to say it. He almost ran for governor. So maybe, maybe we'll see him in politics someday. God, could you imagine? But yeah, no, I, I, I like it. It's, it's, it's a good way to kind of phrase the idea of like, don't be afraid of, somebody who's different don't be threatened by somebody who's different like just let them be who they are you be who you are we're all living in this world together uh you know yeah don't i th- i think you, you know, we're here to salute our distinctions yeah. uh not not here to celebrate our sameness you know I, yeah i like that i like that a lot i i mean wow Saluting the sameness. You know what comes to my mind? The imagery that, that fills my head when you say salute the sameness. Mm-hmm. Honest to God, I see an army of Nazis. That's what I see. Yeah. For, for That's sure. That's what I see. Yeah. You know, very 1984. <laughs> yeah. I know that, I mean, just, just naturally, as human beings, we're, we're drawn to people who have, who look similar, who have similar ideals, who have similar interests, mm-hmm. you know, all that stuff. And I think, especially as I've gotten older, you, you kind of see that happening. You, you have less time, you have less opportunity to get to know people. 
uh, you know, so your 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 group of people that you know really does kind of narrow in on people that are more and more like yourself. Uh, and it's easier. Yeah, it's more convenient. Yeah, yeah. I know that's. I think that that's the rule. You know, it's not for everybody. It's not how everybody lives, especially in big cities. I'm sure you know in urban areas, there's a lot more diversity. Um, where sure. You know, I mean, if, even if it's not racial diversity, you just got, oh, I've got this group of friends that likes baseball. We go to baseball games together. It, it's a 15-minute subway ride to the baseball game. You know, you get to yeah. uh, hang out with different kinds of people. But, but uh, you know, yeah, I think it's kind of the rule that your, your, your group of people that you spend a lot of time with is pretty homogenous, uh, especially as you For get sure. older. So, yeah, I like Absolutely. it. Like, don't salute the sameness. Or don't celebrate the sameness. You know, salute the distinctions. I like it. Salute the distinctions. So yeah, Johnny, that's that's today's journal entry. Uh, that's fantastic. Yeah. Mark, tell me, what are we watching next time? Johnny, next time we are still in Texas. <laughs> um, we are watching Lone Star. McConaughey plays a sheriff... Of a county in Texas. Um, <laughs> thank God he got out of this, you know, he, he was kind of pigeonholed into this type of role. And then he got pigeonholed into rom-coms. Um, so, yeah, thank God he got out of out of both of these phases. But um, it, it, it looks like a pretty good movie. Well, Johnny, we got some we got some people to thank. Thank you to all of our listeners. Uh, we also need to thank Elizna for our theme music. Hey, Aqualung. If you're out there on social meds, follow us on Instagram, Mastering M Pod. I haven't figured out how to get us on threads yet, but maybe we'll go go to threads. If you like this episode, subscribe, share, drop us a rating, all that good stuff. Uh, Johnny, looking forward to watching and talking about Lone Star with you next time. Uh, with that, bye y'all. Peace out. You know, uh, Taylor, I mean, as long as we're getting chummy here, I may as well let you know I'm a wanted man. Is that so? That's a fact. I mean, I'm wanted by my wife for dinner tonight. <laughs> She's going to kill me if I don't show up. What about Alex? How am I supposed to sleep knowing there's a psycho out there running around? Our entire social fabric is based on our legal system of every single person's right to a fair trial. We're talking about a horrible man here. Someone who has no regard for human life. I say we hunt him down and kill him. Forget the courts. Would you feel that way if this man happened to be your father or your brother? According to the Bible, grace comes from mercy.